Rod Builders, save the date. On April 12th, 13th, and 14th, Angler's Resource will host the Mastering Rod Building Seminar in Foley, Alabama. The event will feature a series of presentations by some of the biggest names in the rod building community, along with vendors, live music, free food, and even a keg of beer. The event's free to attend, but entry is limited to the first 150 spot people who sign up. So to reserve your spot, visit anglersresource.net slash seminar. That's anglersresource.net slash seminar and fill out the registration form on the Hope page. See you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mastering Rod Building Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Faulkner, and we're going to class it up a little bit today. Uh, You've been listening to all the knuckleheads that I've been talking to, and today we are very pleased to have maybe the classiest lady in rod building well, not all the ladies in rod building are classy and that's the one the only the fastest rod wrapper in the west the juice justina edward welcome juice how are you hi bill i'm good well good thank you so much for joining so uh if you've been to an icrbe uh, if you've been to iCast in the last several years, then you've seen this remarkable young woman who is a draw to herself. If you walk around and you're either at the Fuji booth or at ICRBE and you see a big crowd of people crowding around a table, it, it's very likely my guest, uh, Justina Edwards. So Justina, to give you a little bit of her professional background, she's worked full-time at St. Croix. I believe it will be 14 years next month, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and so when she originally started with St. Croix, the juice wanted to be a home winder, but they uh, they didn't have any openings. So she went ahead and started as a, a rod winder in plant. And uh, in, in very short order, after just a few months, she, she got appointed to be a trainer. And so she spent more than a decade, uh, 11 years or so, training home winders and other winders uh, in plant. She became a team lead in winding. She helped at one point open a new facility where she in Tomahawk where she trained all the winders, and she continues to work today. She's in what they call the DC or the Distribution Center there in Park Falls, Wisconsin, which, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, is a destination if you get anywhere within like a five or six-hour drive of it, you should go take a tour, meet everybody. It's awesome. But very delighted to have you with us today, uh, Juice. And so I, I still remember uh, at ICRB about three years ago, I, there's, there's this huge crowd walks over uh, to me and I'm like, what is going on here? And at the front of it is this petite uh, young woman, uh, Justina, saying, hey, you Bill Fogner? Said, yeah, I said, you want to race? And I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, I So I, the, the, I'm going to always put a positive spin on things. I would say that uh, my focus is entirely on um, painstaking quality and, and speed is not an element of what I do. But if, if none of you have ever seen Justina demonstrate, if she has her specialized equipment that she works on that she's tweaked out over the last 14 years, she can literally wrap an entire uh, seven foot spinning rod in like under six minutes, I think it was, Juice. And I'm talking about clean. I'm talking about ready for finish, like pick it apart. You can't find a gap. You can't find a thing needs burnish. You can't find a lack of a straight edge. She's just uh, obviously she's a remarkably gifted uh, rapper and she, she can rap very, very cleanly, very, very quickly. And that's what 
made her for such an asset at St. Croix as a trainer and as a winder. But that's actually as remarkable as her speed is. And I will challenge anybody. I don't think you, I just don't think you can go any faster. And everybody who's ever tried to face her at ICRBE, she's like that old, you know, Marty Robbins song, Big Iron. She shot them all down. She's got a bunch of notches in her belt. Um, <laughs> So, and this is even with people doing sloppy work against her. But the other thing, Juice, that I appreciate so much about you, and I've been very fortunate that we've become friends over the years and gotten to do some work together. And I always try to stop in and say hi when I'm visiting St. Croix uh, in Park Falls. Justina has a really great uh, personality and affect with kids. And by virtue of the fact that she's trained so many people over the years, over more than a decade to rap. She's got a lot of experience as an instructor and people really respond to her and perhaps most notably young women, right? And so as someone who's very keen to grow the rod building community and diversify it a little bit, um, we'll tell a funny story. Juice would never tell this story, but um, so I have two children and uh, my son uh, who's in college at Wake Forest he built a few rods. We built a fly rod together. We built a casting rod together and we built a spinning rod together. And he really was getting the hang of it. He had become very proficient. And I said, all right, you want to build another rod? And he's like, nah, I'm good. And it's like, but I thought you had it all figured out. He's like, nah, I've got, that's what I've got you for. I don't need to build any rods. And he literally <laughs> hadn't wrapped another rod since. And my daughter, Molly James, who's very creative and very crafty and, and sort of what Vic Cutter would call a maker, right? I love this term. She she definitely likes to do crafts and DIY and all this stuff, but I could not. I mean, she'd sit and do a little here and there. She's an excellent fly tire when she chooses to do that, but I just couldn't get her interested. And by virtue of the fact two years ago that my son was at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, my whole family came to ICRBE, not just me. And my daughter, like all the kids at the show do, gravitated immediately to Juice. And in no time at all, they had wrapped this brilliant seven foot uh spinning rod and with inlaid turns like i'm not talking about just super basic stuff and she's like yeah i think i want to build rods now so i am forever in debt to juice for getting my daughter involved in rod building when i couldn't but it also sort of got me thinking juice and we've we've had conversations about this before about you know how how do we get people involved in this and that's one of the things that i really wanted to have you on that we're going to talk about today is is how to get kids involved in this right and so uh, i think exhibit a is me whatever it was despite my passion and enthusiasm i wasn't doing it right because i i wasn't getting any traction and then you were able to get that traction almost immediately and I've seen this over and over. I've seen it with Scarlett. I've seen it with, oh gosh, what's her name? I'm blanking on the little blonde girl's name, Jillian. Yeah. I've seen it with Jared Taylor's kids, all three of his kids. Like I, I literally over the last several years, the number of people. So there's this, we, we did a, a recent podcast on it. The International Custom Rod Building Exposition it's held in Winston-Salem, North Carolina in February every year. Tom Kirkman, the editor of Rodmaker Magazine, uh, hosts it. And uh, Juice is one of the sort of, fixtures at that show and you'll see every year the crowd of kids that people are bringing their children that are there and the number of people you're teaching and rapping and everything goes up every year it's awesome you're like the pied piper of young rod builders so i thought if we want to talk about getting kids into this right and there's there's avenues you know Mudhole has a wonderful high school program where you can get it through your high school and if you're interested in that you can contact Anthony at Mudhole and they have a, all kinds of details about that. And they're in like 700 high schools. But, you know, th this tends to happen in a little less formal, more of an organic kind of interaction. And uh, I could think of no one better to talk about this subject of, of getting 
kids involved in rod building. So like, I mean, how, how do you do this? Like, uh, besides just having a magnetic personality and being a really genuinely nice, sweet person, like what, what, what would you share with the rest of us? Let's say I'm a rod builder. I've got a kid or I've got a neighbor kid, or I've got a friend's kid who likes, I take fishing. Like start, start me off. Where do we start with trying to get kids into this? <laughs> well, thank you. Bill. Um, for me, I don't know. It's, I, I just love kids. I love yep. kids. I, even though I only have one, I always have this passion toward working with kids. Yeah. Growing up, it was always, nobody knows about this. So I we always like wanted to work with Down syndrome kids. Oh, I, it's, okay. it's something that I, I always thought about doing growing yeah. up. But um, now... I don't know. Maybe someday I still will, yep. but I don't know. Something about kids. I just love, I just love being around kids. Well, and they respond and- really, really well to you. And and so let me get this straight because we were talking before we started recording and I, I, I guess I just assumed this. You didn't wrap rods before you started at St. Croix. Is that correct? No, I did not. No. That's nope. like impossible to me to watch you wrap, to think that you, ha- that's just staggering to me. So you learned there. Uh, and, and then you started training and teaching people. So obviously you've trained, how many people do you think you've trained? I mean, can we even guesstimate a number? It's gotta be Holy cow. It's, it's it's, probably in the hundreds, right? I probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they come and go, you sure. know, some stay, stick, stick around forever and some come and just going to get a taste of it. The, the winding part of this, this, the rod building part of it. Right. Winding part of it, it's you have to have patient, lots of patience. Yeah. And if you don't have it, you give up so easily. Yeah. But I don't know. I learned it. And then I liked I liked it that um it became very therapeutic. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. I started when my kid is was two years old. Wow. And now she's yeah. gonna be sixteen. Yeah, everybody in Park Falls, get off the sidewalks. No street is safe. She's driving soon. I'm just kidding. Your daughter's so sweet. She's going she's gonna to punch me in the face the next time she sees me, and I'm going to deserve it. She's been good. She's yeah, been good. She is good. It started off with just, you know, kite wrapping. Yeah. And then a few years into when I started working there, I was introduced to Rod Builders Guild because mm-hmm. St. Croix hosts um, Rod Builders around here. Yep. And so I went and checked it out. And then I started thinking to myself, I'm like, holy cow, there is more to guide wrapping than, you know, just a plain old thread and guide. Yep. You can do so much. So I right. kind of got myself into that part of it. And right. here I am today. Yeah. It's, it's so impressive because like I said, you didn't just like wrap in a straight one color with my daughter the very first rod she ever did this thing had like inlaid turns it was like ncp yellow with like light blue inlaid turns so obviously letting them pick their colors she's very excited about getting to pick her colors but so so how do you begin do you do you try to get people to like when you're training people at st Croix, if you're starting with a kid do you try to get them to wrap the whole rod or we just start with one guide or you just start with starting a wrap or like do you have a process of how you step through it with people nope so when um when we have tours, mm-hmm. there's kids that come around. So then I just invite them to come over and kind of check it out, and then I challenge them to wrap a guide right on a rod, and then you know just knowing that they are part of a rod 
from St. Croix Rock. Oh, wow. Big yeah. So they get excited. Oh, yeah. To do I would it. too. And yeah. then they, they'll tell their friends about it. Oh, that's So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I've been blessed with where this all been taking me yeah so far yeah and if you and like i said if you've never been to st croix and park falls wisconsin first of all it'll surprise you how small the town is it's literally a town of 2500 people that houses the largest oem in, in north america maybe the, the world under a single label i don't know but uh, it's a huge operation <laughs> but it's in a relatively small town right and like you either it's like almost how you know people when you go out at night is whether they work at st croix or not it's like the whole town falls into these these couple of categories right or they used to work there or they're hoping to work there in the future everybody's right. in some orbit with this major employer in this town but so I, I can see how that people would get really excited if you let them sit down and like help do part of a wrap on an actual saint croix rod that's awesome but when you're sitting at a place like icrve with these kids right or, or when you're outside of that work environment so a couple of questions a lot of things come to mind for me one is uh and, and as a builder i personally favor finer diameter threads i tend to use smaller stuff but when you're working with kids do you use size d or size a or do you have a feeling one way or the other does it matter um i guess it doesn't really matter okay not really as long as it holds your guide right it works okay yeah and obviously you like to have a lot of colors that they can pick from which i know my daughter and some of these other girls that we've seen at the icrb get really excited about but the boys get excited about it too because it is one of the things that can make it really custom you can make it your favorite color you can make it your team color whatever right right i think the fun part is just having them customize their own you know you can kind of get the feel of their artsy side of them Sure. As I think about like wrapping everything from big, heavy duty offshore roller guides down to tiny little micro guides, right? Like I, I wouldn't necessarily say one's hard, one's easy. I would say they have different challenges, right? So for like a larger yep. guide, you're having to deal with getting the thread to climb up the foot and, you know, uh-huh. keep it packed and everything. And then on a really small guide, sometimes it's just hard to work with and you don't have a lot of space, you know? If someone's listening and they're thinking about getting a kid started, like, where would you tell them? Would you say just practice on some guides somewhere in the middle of the road? Or would you say start with the full rod? Or like uh, if for someone who's never tried to teach a kid, any what pointers would you give for just getting started? Obviously, got to be patient, right? Um, and you got to go at their speed. If you can engage them with their creative process by having multiple thread colors and let them pick, that helps. But like w- what other advice? Like how do you even take the first step down this journey? I mean, do you make them watch you do one and then you let them try it? Or do you do it at the same time? Or do you like, what What do you find works? So I start off with just doing one, just to show them how it's done. And then I'll have them come in and try. I'll start it for them and then have them finish it, which makes it a little easier. Yeah, That is easier because starting is hard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. When I'm training, the starting part of a rap is the hardest yeah i agree but when you get it down it's smooth sailing from there yeah 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 yeah. and and if you've never again i I have the advantage of having seen justina rap and seen a lot of her work i'm talking about if you've seen a st croix builds a very well finished factory rod um it's not a joke right like this is she she knows what she's doing this isn't just like a pure production environment if you're picturing like a I don't know, a price point Chinese manufactured rod. Like this is really, really clean work. I also owe you a debt of gratitude because I came home with my daughter from 
from ICRB last year and we had picked out some stuff we wanted to work on and had gotten some blanks and some guides and some threads and stuff. And, uh, you know, I started doing inlay, showing her how I did the inlay turn. She's like, no, that's not right. I'm like, what do you mean? That's not right. She's like, that's not how juice does it. <laughs> and I was like, well, there you go. I thought I knew how to build rods. I didn't know that I didn't, but yeah. So, I mean, you, you mentioned the patients, right. And you even mentioned like the, the special needs kids and down syndrome kids. That's like a, that's a calling, right. For some folks. Um, so, you know, obviously I think that's part of, part of how you, how you help people. You have that affect and you have that patience and you have that generosity where you want to sit down with people and share this experience with them and share part of rod building. That's done so many things for you, but what would you tell the rest of us like who maybe we don't have as good an internal clock on how long like the I mean, I'm thinking about the lessons I've learned the hard way with taking kids fishing, right? Like uh -huh. it's this balance where you really want them to have some success. So you you want to stay out there long enough and try hard enough that they have a little success. But it, you can you can end it faster if they stay out too long. They get cold. They get hot. They get hungry. They need a bathroom and you push them too far. Obviously, that can put them away from it like. How do you know? And every kid's different, right? We're talking about teaching kids and they're all totally different. They learn differently. Some are more creative than others. Some have better dexterity than others. Some are more interested than others. Like how, how do you gauge all that? Like how, what, what advice would you give me if I'm trying to get a kid into it? Like uh, how I should be thinking about how long we, we do it versus when we stop and, you know, the patients, you know, it's that fine line between I want to push them and I want to help them see some success. But I, uh -huh. and I don't want to let them quit too easy, but I don't want to make it a grind where they never want to sit down again because they're afraid I'm never going to let them up from the from the wrapping chair. Right. Right. I guess um, you can tell when one's not into it. Yeah. But I just keep doing it. Yeah. Just keep doing it. And then I make them do it in order to kind of get the feel of it. Right. And then you just go from there. Well, I think it's really interesting that you, I'm thinking about all my frustrations when I was starting and starting wraps was a lot of it. So if you can start the wrap form and then let them finish it, they kind of get to participate in it. They get to right. have the, the satisfaction of getting that done, you know, doing the pull off and the trim off and pull under and the tie off and trim off and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then I assume at some point, once they've watched you do enough, they may say, I want to try to start a wrap and say, okay, here's how we do right. it. Uh-huh. So is it true that this is really just a farm system, uh, you know, minor league recruitment tool for St. Croix, and then all you're trying to do is get all the kids in all of the town of Park Falls to be wrapping before they're 12 years old, so you have an ample supply of talent to work for the company? Admit it. That that would be the best ever. The Schluters wouldn't mind at all, would they? Yeah, I don't think so. I think that would work. Probably not, but I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> you're, you're the farm system, it. man. It's like the minor leagues, right? The wrapping youth. Uh-huh. So you've taught boys and you've taught girls, right? And again, every kid's different. You're trying to read off of them and their cues and, and find what's working for them. But any any general advice about teaching boys versus teaching girls and how you think about it? Or do you just pretty much go at it the same way regardless? I pretty much go, go the same way. Yeah. And I know girls are a little different than boys. Yeah. They I would think been. easier to teach personally, but I may be wrong. Yes and no. Okay. Because some girls just don't have as much patience as, you know, Okay. the next boy. Right. But um, I guess it, it just depends on how interested they are. Yeah. 
So how do you think about, because obviously in a high production environment like you're doing at St. Croix, you guys uh -huh. would have uh, wrapping and finishing separated, right? In right. different different areas, yep. different departments, all that kind of stuff. So when you're thinking about taking a rod all the way from start to finish, I mean, obviously I'm going to say this out of an abundance of caution, it probably shouldn't need to be mentioned, but you know, some parts of this process, working with certain epoxies and chemicals, working with certain tools and power tools in terms of lathes and saws and turning, trimming things, you know, whatever. Obviously this needs to be done with either by adults uh, with kid input or letting them watch it or adult supervision or whatever. But how about the whole epoxy side of, of like, once the rod is wrapped, uh -huh. teach kids how to apply epoxy too, or do you just mostly teach the wrapping? I mostly teach the wrapping part of it yeah. when I was training, mm -hmm. but doing rod building classes with other peers yeah. that I go and help out. Um, we do the whole thing. We build from start to end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you mentioned the, that St. Croix hosts a rod custom rod builders guild event. And so I just want to talk about this real quickly because we went over that, but it's actually a really neat thing. So um, if you want to learn more about the custom rod builders guild, this is an organization that was founded in the, I don't know, uh, early mid nineties in Nashville by a gentleman named Tom Greek, who's no longer with us, uh, but continues to this day. The current president is a guy named Paul Sims and you can find the rod guild at, at rodguild.com, R-O-D-G-U-I-L-D.com. Um, great organization that's all dedicated to the art of custom rod building and preserving it and, and furthering it, expanding it and everything else. But St. Croix does a really cool thing. And this is when you mentioned you first got exposure to some of the more decorative aspects where they hold what the custom rod builders guild used to call the North central regional uh, event in park falls at the St. Croix plant. And this is like a really cool deal last year. I don't think the dates are announced for this year yet, but it's usually in August, I think around that time and middle of August. And it's like a three day thing and you can go up there. You need to be a member of the guild if you're going to participate and you can find all that information on the rod guild website but it's a really unique event because you have such access to saint croix right and so these folks who come up for the guild event get to take tour of saint croix and depending on the year and you know i haven't seen the agenda for 2024 yet but last year in the 2023 event if you signed up early enough you could roll your own blank uh, right. in the St. Croix factory and it's available to a limited number of people. And then you could actually take that rod and finish, build it to finish and, and be uh -huh. done with it in that weekend while you're at St. Croix. And that's pretty cool. There's not that many places that you can go do that. And you get to be humbled by all the, all the wonderful folks working at St. Croix, like Justina, who can rap better than you, uh, three times as fast. <laughs> and while they're talking and doing other things and you're like, she makes it look so easy. But, uh, yeah. So it's a great event, a great organization. You ought to, you ought to check it out, but I, I haven't seen a date for that one yet this year. Do you know, have they got that scheduled or not yet? No, I do not know. Okay. It's early. It's early. Yeah. Before the snow starts by August 20th. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's relatively close to the truth, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So since you teach in these classes and you, and you do the whole process kind of end to end instructing people, where do you see most people struggle or what's the hardest part if you're trying to teach somebody that you should kind of slow down and focus on? I mean, obviously you're personally very well-versed and very competent at all aspects of it. You could do a rod start to finish incredibly quickly, incredibly cleanly. And I know this cause I've seen it, but like if you're, if you're trying to take a kid, your kid, somebody else's kid through that process, like 
what lookouts would you give them and what parts do you typically see are more difficult or you need to be cautious about any, any pointers there? It's distraction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Otherwise when they're focused, Mm -hmm. we'll do the full rod in no time. Okay. Yeah. But wrapping the guides is pretty much the hard part of it. Yeah. That's where most of the time goes. Yeah. 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 Otherwise. Yeah, no, it's, it's just great. I love it. And I plan on doing it until my fingers fall off. All right. Well, let's hope that's no time soon, but as fast as you wrap, you might be at risk of that. I'm not wrapping fast enough that I'm at risk of, you know, at such <laughs> RPMs that uh, I'm going to lop a finger off if I get it under a wrap of thread, but I'm not sure I can say the same for you. And, and again, y'all think I'm kidding. Y'all think I'm exaggerating and Juice doesn't like when I brag on her, but you have to see it to believe it. And again, I've been building rods a long time and I thought I would have had a pretty good conception of fast. And for me personally, efficient has always been a goal, but pure speed hasn't been. But you want to see pure speed with efficiency and quality. You got to you gotta come to an ICRBE or go to one of these guild events up in Park Falls or go to a class that Juice is teaching and uh, and see it because that's like, it's unbelievable. It's truly humbling. And if I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes, I wouldn't believe it. That's a true story. You know, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's somebody out there that probably on my level, we just don't know yet. Well, ooh, people that sounded a whole lot to me, like a polite, polite challenge. Right. So, um, you know, one of the things that can be hard with this stuff to get people started is like, is there an age? Like, I don't know, every kid's different, but about, I mean, you've taught a lot of folks. If you were going to give parents some guideline, because you can frustrate them by starting too soon, right? Like you might get, I have a really good friend and fishing buddy of mine and his name is Lucas Johnson. And Lucas is now like eight. And he's one of the best fishermen and fly fishermen and fly tires I've ever seen at that age. And he doesn't act like an eight-year-old kid. He acts like an 18-year-old kid. And he doesn't want to do anything else in the world but fish, right? right. Um, loves catfish. And he's a really good fisherman. So, like, we've had the experience where we've been on trips and trying to get him out with a guide. And we say, hey, can we – we'd like to take a kid. And they say, well, how old is this kid? And we say, well, he's he, – at the time, he was six. And they're, like, too young. It's like, listen to me you don't know this kid. And then we go fishing. They're like, wow, I've never taught us. I've never fished a six year old like that. A kid was unbelievable. He's better right. than most of the adults that I fish. It's like, yeah, I get it. So there's exceptions like that. But like, if you had to kind of goalpost over under a number for how old you think kids ought to be before they start trying to do this, like any opinion there? I think as soon as you can cast a rod, yeah, I think you're ready to go. Really? Okay. I think so. So Aaron, Luke, I mean, uh, Aaron Lowe, my, my friend at English resource, he's not ready because he can't cast. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, did I say that out loud? Oh, they're going to record that. It's going to, I'm just kidding. A.A. Ron, I'm just playing with you, man. He actually, that's not fair. He, he can cast. He just can't catch anything. That's different. That's oh boy. Different set of problems. Okay. So you'd start pretty young. As soon as they're interested and they can cast, you'd go ahead and get them started. I, I think so. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, Start them off young. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if we think about basic tools and materials, you know, like I'm a gear junkie. I love all this stuff. I love all these tools. I love all these lathes. I love all this whatever. But sometimes it's better with kids to keep it simple. Like if you think about like the basic tools that kids need, sort of what would that short list be? And, and do you try to do like kid-friendly versions or are you just teaching them to safely use the same stuff that you're using? Pretty much whatever I use is. Okay. Is what I show. So just show them how to yeah. use it right from the beginning. Yep. 
yeah. really sharp razor blade. Yeah. Just be careful. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, you and Billy with your razor blades, man. That's all you guys use, and it's. it's I, I'm a little better with my ginger snips and my uh, my loops and uh, all that, but I, I will not argue with your results at all. They're real. I don't know. I've just I started off with razor blade, and I that's the only thing that I can work with. Yeah. I, I can't do the little snippies. I don't know. It just doesn't work. It doesn't cut clean for me. Right. No. And I, Hey, you, you, I've seen you work with a razor blade. I'm just not going to get on your bad side. Uh, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to, I hope we can stay friends. You, the razor blades working for you. Don't change a thing. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. Oh man. Well, so do you get to take any of these kids uh, fishing afterwards with their rods or is it just like you, you're kind of helping them and do you get any pictures or letters or anything back? No fishing, but some of the kids I still get in touch with. Yeah? Yeah. Um. So when I went to Alabama, Jillian. Let's go! I live in Alabama. Yeah, by Christie. Oh, South Carolina? Oh, South Carolina, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jillian was there and you know Jillian's been doing just – phenomenal work yeah, absolutely absolutely doing her stuff yeah and so i showed her how old is she now because she started i first met her three years ago at icrb i met her and her parents who are lovely and are very dedicated to bringing her and, and and you know keeping her engaged oh yeah but she was probably i mean i'm terrible uh, she was probably i want to say I she see. was probably 10 or 11 then three years ago is that mm -hmm. maybe right how old do you think she is now maybe 12 13 okay all right yeah i maybe because she was taller so i may be giving her more age and you got her you got scarlet wilhelm who's been coming to these things right yeah and like honestly i'm telling you adults if you saw the work that these young ladies are doing and, and they're girls i mean they're 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 pre-teenage girls and they can yes. do elliptical inlay grips they can marble they can do all the decorative thread wraps like i'm talking about advanced techniques very clean execution it was a it's an eye-opener for me you talk about people that if they stick with it are going to be just next level uh it's amazing yes. and that's the thing that's so exciting to me about getting kids involved is how quickly they progress because their brains, they're like mm -hmm. a sponge. If they get engaged in this and you show yep. them things and they sort of, they master it so quickly. And if they get excited about it, that's like, it's unbelievable. Like I, I can't, it, it's, people would be shocked. We may get some pictures and post it as part of this podcast or post links to it. If I can get them to give us some photos, but you, you'd be shocked at the work uh, that these girls are doing uh, well under the age of 12, because it's, uh, and again, it does take adult supervision and parents who are supporting or someone who's supporting the process and, you know, creating right. a, a safe place for them to work and everything else. But uh, it's really, really impressive what they can do. And if you don't believe me, you can come see that when you lose the speed challenge to juice at ICRBE. <laughs> That's right. Right. Yes. And I also, I just want to put this out there because I'm not going to name names, Jared Taylor, and I'm not going to pick on people, but I, if you are someone who has multiple kids, Jared, and <laughs> you've had people at ICRB really help your kids, people like Justina, people like Mary McIntyre Christie, people like Stephanie Adderhold, and I'm, I'm mentioning three that I know for sure helped your kids last year, maybe you need time to take juice fishing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, we got an anglers resource event coming up in April. I know a guy down there with a boat. We could set something up. It sounds like yeah. so you 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 need to you deserve to be on a boat full of kids with their rods uh, catching fish. I'm game. I think that's a great idea. Well, I'm game too. That is a great idea. 
Juice also has many other hobbies, and she's never going to talk about this, but she is a world-class cliff diver. She is a high-level competitive bowler and also a very comp- – she dances uh, and line dances at a very, very high level, especially if she's standing next to A.A. Ron. She, he makes her look good, right? I, I outed you. I outed you all your favorite secret talents that nobody knew, right? Oh, oh no. Well, I just figured it out. <laughs> Sorry. I had to surprise you with something, right? So if people are super excited and would like to maybe bring their kids to a show and give them a chance to sit down and rap with you and some of the others who are so willing to help, or if they want to sign up and take a class, like where are you going to be next? So I'm, I think I'm pretty sure we're sort of recording this in mid-January and hopefully we'll have it out pretty quickly, but you'll be at ICRBE, right? We already talked about that. Yep, that's right. Yep. And so ICRBE, we had an episode about that. That was with Tom uh, Kirkman, the editor of Rodmaker Magazine, and that's scheduled for, I'm just looking at my calendar, so I make sure I get it right. That's Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th of February, 2024. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, what's next after that? What next classes or events or anything have you got on the schedule if somebody wants to sign up and come see you? So that's North Carolina. In March or April, I'm going to be in Beloit, Wisconsin. Okay. Every year we have um, a rod building class that Ed Karwaki ho- um, hosts. Okay. So before the weekend that I'm going to be there, he's usually at the Madison Sports Show, Fishing Sports Show. Okay. That he um that he kind of get people to sign up for. Okay. And la, 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 la. where else? I hope you're then, coming to the Angler's Resource event I'm, in April. I'm going to the Alabama one in April. Thank you. Of course. Well, I mean, so earlier you didn't know the difference between Alabama and South Carolina. So I just want to make sure we still have well, a place. We still have a place in your heart. That event is April. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, all right. Fair enough. Okay, Fair so enough. Alabama. So, Alabama. <laughs> that we, we have some funny stories from our trips to Alabama, don't we? But but that event starts on a Friday, April 12th with a, a barbecue dinner. And then we're going to have uh, rod building classes and seminars and presentations and the ability to demo gear and try it out. The, the third Saturday, Friday, the third, sorry, Saturday, the 13th. And Friday, the 14th of April uh, in Foley, Alabama, you can go on the Angler's Resource webpage, go on the Mastering Rod Building Facebook group. There's lots of places you can get more information about that. But that event is free and there's going to be a, a, a really big turnout. I think there's going to be a lot of, I think the Foundation Outdoor Group is going to be there, Mudhole American Tackle. I think Batson's going to be there. I know Angler's Resource and Fuji are going to be there. And we're, we're inviting everybody and hoping we're going to get a really good turnout. It should be a cool event. First time we've tried to do an event like this. But since we have a bunch of rock star talent like Justina, the juice, you can come to that event and see the juice in person. We may have to do like a we can't do a whole rod because it just gets embarrassing. And then you're sitting there like me and you've wrapped a guide and a half and you're done. And yeah, we maybe it'd just be a single guide contest or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't think anybody can beat you. Seriously. No. We have to every year we have to have a challenge. I just want to see somebody beat me. I don't see it happening. Well, it doesn't have to be like a hand wrap. You can use your power wrap. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. Um, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, hey, maybe this is the call. The gauntlet has been dropped. If you think you can wrap, and look, it can't be junk. We're going to judge it once it's done. It has to be clean, and it has to be tight and orderly. But uh, 
God help you. If you can rap fast as fast or faster than Justina, <laughs> then you're something special, the likes of which I've never seen. So come on out to ICRBE, come on out to the Angler's Resource event, come on out to one of these Wisconsin, you know, uh, gatherings and uh and try your hand uh, hopefully there's some young gun out there that can do it i say young i guess they don't have to be young but uh it, the, the the reflexes and sort of all that probably favors the young <laughs> well yeah not too young anymore but yeah you know so any events after that are we going to get to see you at icast again this year you think I'm planning on it too. All right. I hope so. I'd love to be there. Yeah. So, uh, and I realize that's kind of an industry trade show, but, uh, you know, it's third week of July, ICAST in Orlando, Florida. And uh, we usually have the great pleasure of having Justina draws her own crowd wherever she goes. Um, and so we, have the great pleasure of having her in the, uh, in the angler's resource booth time to time. And she's, I guess, sometimes in the St. Croix booth and and there's a, a crowd of devoted followers enjoying whatever it is she's doing wherever she goes. So you guys should definitely get out there and check that out. Uh, what else are you up to? Anything else going on in, in, uh, in the rod building world? Um, just whoever have rod building classes, you know, let me be part of it. Yeah, man. I don't care if you're Northeast Southwest, I'll be there. I just enjoy this and I love it and bring all the kids, bring the whole family. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you, if you're good enough to teach St. Croix, <laughs> that's a product I've seen a lot of them familiar with. You're good enough to teach anybody's kids. I'll tell you that. So uh, very, very impressive. Have you got any fishing trips planned? I was just at the Lake of the Ozarks last really? month. Oh, yeah. Not it was not fun. It was too, it was cold. Did you catch anything? A couple. Yeah. What were you fishing for? Bass or? Crappie. Crappie. Okay. Oh, their crappies are on steroids down there. You know that? Big. They're, Big. They're massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's because we have a longer growing season. You don't have to. You notice that you were there in January or December and you didn't have to go yeah. through two feet of ice to get to the fish. This That's helps. Right. This helps with the length of the growing season. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry it was cold and you didn't enjoy it, but man, it's if you caught some big crappie, that ought to be fun. Are you building any? Are you in the middle of building any rods right now? Um, I have one that I'm yeah. working on. Yeah, I have a Hawkeye's one that I kind of start and then I stop and then I start again and I stop, but it's almost done. I only have decal to put on and I should be it should be done. All right, is it black and gold? Black, gold, and white? Iowa State Hawkeyes. Right? Is that the right Hawkeyes? Black, yeah, black yeah. and gold. Okay. Yep, yep. There, there you go. And then I have a fly. Speaking of, I have a fly rod that I'm supposed to rebuild yeah. for one of my former bosses okay. from forty-four, maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. I don't know what I did with it. It's at home somewhere. They need to get on there too. Uh oh, I hope they're Holy not listening. Cow. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Matt Bloomer. I'm sorry. Well, he's listening now. <laughs> It'll get there. I had nothing to do with it, Matt. I'm going to stop the podcast right now so she can get back to work on it. <laughs> well, hey, here's the good news about like if he's in Wisconsin, like he ain't going anywhere fly fishing up there anytime soon because it's all locked up. It's all frozen. So you got you got till ice out to get this thing done. So just find it. Take your time. Knock the dust off of it. Get it done. He's in South Carolina. I tried to help juice. I was trying to help. I don't know what else you're on your own. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> the, it's probably like prime sight fishing redfish time right now and he needs it, but uh, oh well, at least he got a shout out on the, on the podcast. Could be worse. He's famous now. Oh yeah. man. 
Well, no, I am. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, just like her rapping speed, I don't know what else to say other than watching her work with kids is magic. And uh, at risk of being extremely serious, uh, one of the things that I worry about is that if we don't get more kids involved in the outdoors and we don't teach them how to be responsible sportsmen and women, and we don't have them looking out for and engaged in uh, responsible legislation to protect our natural resources and protect our access to those resources, I think we're in big, big trouble. And so anything you can do to get a kid outside, what, you know, regardless of how you feel about hunting or fishing, just get them outside, get them active. If you if you're interested in getting them into hunting or fishing, here's to you. It's a American way of life. And I, it's meant so much to me and to so many others. And, and I really think it's important. So juice, I really appreciate you you taking the time to talk to us today about getting kids into rod building. And I, and I think that the stuff we talked about today is true of getting kids into rod building or fly uh -huh. tying or lure making or whatever, right? If you have something right. you have a passion about, offer it up to people. You hear Juice, she's they have a class, she'll be there. And I'm telling you, any any class, and I've been to a lot of them, is going to be better by virtue of, of Juice uh, being a part of it and representing, you know, St. Croix and herself and all her experience at that, at, at that event. So, you know, it's hopefully someone's going to hear this and take you up on it, but um, really appreciate all you've done personally for my daughter and getting her engaged. I know she's very much looking forward to seeing you at ICRBE this year and for all the other kids. And I hope, I hope maybe someone who's been thinking about getting their kid involved or, you know, you can go take a class together. You don't even have to be an experienced rod builder. It can be something you and your, your child or you and a friend or a neighbor, whoever do together. Um, and, and enjoy it together. It's uh, sometimes it's easier or, or, or less threatening that way than trying to do it all by yourself. But all right, well, go, uh, go, go work on your whatever devilish finger exercises it is you do that make you so fast. This is I'm, I'm telling y'all when you watch her rap at high speed and she normally is taking it easy on us, like because she doesn't have to. It's like, why would you run full speed if you're Usain Bolt? You just run like one step ahead of the next person. Maybe we don't even know how fast you are. Maybe we've never really seen you pushed. I don't know. But uh, there's all these old tales of like uh, Paganini and all these different violinists and people who they said they sold their soul to the devil. That's the only way they got that good at playing the violin. Oh, no. That, that's how fast you are. But I, I know that's not what you've done. It can possibly be because you're, you're way too much <laughs> of a positive force for good and light in the universe for that to be the case. But uh Someday when I grow up, I want to be fast like you, Juice. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bill. You bet. Well, hey, MJ and Heidi say hi, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at our ICRBE. And uh, if you're out there on the fence, you got a kid who's interested in this stuff, please come find Juice. She will put them at the wrapper. Now you're going to be overwhelmed. We're probably going to have like a thousand kids there this year and we're going to be tearing you into pieces. But if you, if you can teach Bring us fast, yeah, there you go. If you can teach as fast as you can rap, then you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can handle way more kids than I can at one time, I'm sure. But Hey, thanks so much for being on and thanks for all your insight. Thank you so much, Bill. And I will take you fishing when you come to Alabama for the English resource event. I promise. Count me in. All right. I got it. How, how are you with hook removal? Oh. yeah yeah so the last fishing trip we were on some dummy put a big old five on hook in his hand and that may have been yours truly and uh, i didn't get a lot of help everybody got suddenly got real squeamish uh and I, I almost had to do that by myself but thankfully uh 
we're gonna have to post that video now but uh yeah juice you, you took that you video you're the one who took a video I'll, I did. I'll give you that at least there were only two of you contributed it was uh it was you and it was billy billy helping me with the uh, push down on the hook while i popped the loop and you taking the video for posterity to show them how not to be stupid i, I thought it was a darwin award in progress but uh we survived that was that was insane maybe yeah. that was a good um I don't, that was a good warm up for me. Maybe next time I'll pull it out. Oh, there we go. That's uh, you know what? Here's to not having a next time. As the guy with yeah. the hook in his hand, I don't want a next time. I'm trying really hard. You know, it's funny is shortly after that, I mean, less than two weeks later, I was fishing off the beach in Alabama and I got a treble hook in two fingers at the same time. I, I've never badly hooked myself while fishing i've done it once accidentally while fly tying which is a whole other story but uh I, and then to get hooked three times in like the span of two weeks it was weird but it seems to have slowed down i haven't been hooked again since so you know knock on wood, knock on wood. maybe there maybe i've go. paid my dues and it comes in threes <laughs> and i've got another decade of clear sailing in front of me i don't know crazy but it's always it's always been a blast it's it's good life is good it is. And you're the best. So we uh, hopefully we'll get some more kids to try it out. We'll get some more people to come see at these events, the ICRVE and at, uh, at ICAST and at the various shows. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure we get Jesus schedule and post it up here. And and if, if you're interested, if you have a kid who's interested, please reach out. You can get us via the podcast, let us know. We can get you connected with all these events and, and help you find something in your area where you can get a kid involved uh, in rod building and the outdoors if they're interested. So Juice, yes. as always, it's a pleasure. Great to see you. Until we meet again on the cliffs, the bowling alley, or the dance floor, take great care of yourself, all right? And uh, I'm Bill Faulkner. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, please like and subscribe and download wherever you get your, uh, your podcast content. We'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. That's going to wrap it up for this week. But if you'd like to be notified as soon as all new podcasts are released, just text the word FISHING to 587-317-6099. We'll add you to our email list so you can stay up to date. Thanks for listening.